This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back, champions. Once again, this is your host, Lem Woodson, and I am more than excited to be with you all on your leadership journey. We just wrapped up our first month of the online leadership development and the executive mastermind groups. And the feedback, let me tell you, it has been amazing. During the month of September, we opened up discussion and practical training around subjects such as the high calling of leadership, how to navigate tough discussions, and how goal setting is a part of your leadership strategy. There's no doubt in my mind that the best investment you can make is the investment in your personal development. Make sure to get your seat in the group by going to thechampionforum.com forward slash groups. Well, I have some very exciting news to share with you all. Backed by popular demand, we are bringing to you Hanch's How To's 3.0. Yes, we are excited. And with me, as always, is Jeff Hancher. Welcome, Jeff. Lem, good to be back. Excited about Hanches How To's 3.0. I've been getting DMs and emails. You know, when we started this Hanches How To's, it was really uh, me taking uh, no, notes from my notepad in meetings. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go throw up a highlight reel over the last couple of weeks. And I'm not really sure. I'd love your feedback, everyone, on on why you are enjoying Hanch's how-tos. But the feedback I'm getting is people, then people are liking the quick nuggets, uh, you know, the the quick, uh, you know, leadership nuggets that they can apply directly. And most of the things I'm talking about in Hanch's how-tos, you know, it's kind of a potpourri of uh, leadership advice. It's I, people are identifying with it because these are real leadership challenges mm-hmm. that people are facing. Oh yeah, and it's really exciting to get the feedback. So I'm loving the Hanches how tos. We're going to continue doing it uh, for the foreseeable future. So I'm excited about it. Absolutely, that is great news. And listen, so if you're listening to the show for the first time, Hanches how tos. It's a collection of nuggets that Jeff pulls from his recent discussions, his coaching calls, his consulting meetings that that he feels in that time represent highlights from the recent past. So, so Jeff, what do you have for us? What's the first highlight you have? Well, this one's a, this one's a doozy. And um, the first one is this. Don't send your ducks to Eagle School. Oh. And uh, I had a recent discussion with a client that was trying to fill a leadership role, mm-hmm. and they wanted to put a high-performing individual contributor in, in the role, but they weren't ready to lead. Yeah. I mean, it, it was very clear they weren't ready. I, I asked a series of questions to this uh, business owner about this individual. And, and here it was a, a classic case of they were really good at their current job, mm-hmm. but I was not convinced that that was going to translate into great leadership. Right. And I think it's very important to recognize that, that people differ in, in the level of their natural abilities. And so we have to treat everybody accordingly to what they're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And we have to offer opportunities to match the strengths of our team members. We got to know who we have. And not now isn't a not ever, mm-hmm. uh, but it could be a not now. It might be a not ever. Not everybody is built to lead. Exactly. Um, we want to develop people, so on and so forth. But being a good individual contributor doesn't mean you're going to be a great leader. Right. So you shouldn't send your ducks to Eagle School. Um, they could be a great duck, but they might never be an eagle. Right. If you try to put a duck in eagle school, you may be losing some good ducks. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is going to be an eagle. Right. So 
I, I would challenge people to ensure that you're putting the right people in the right places. I like that. Don't be afraid to make people wait for excellence. You know, the, the waiting can can breed some great competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of leaders, too, they're afraid to have the tough conversation and tell somebody you're simply not ready. Right. Uh, and that can be a tough conversation, especially for an individual contributor that wants to lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, because here you are thinking about, oh, my gosh, what if I don't put them in a leadership role? They might quit. Mm-hmm. What if you do put them in a leadership role and they fail? Exactly. Now you're out not only a leader that you needed, but oh, you're yeah. also out a great individual contributor. Yeah. So point number one, don't send your ducks to Eagle School. Yeah, you'll wind up killing that duck. You absolutely will. That duck will not feel comfortable. That's right. Ducks have a place. They do. They do. Nothing wrong with being a duck. That's exactly right. We need ducks. We need eagles, but they need to be in the right place. I love it. Give us number two. Number two, defining moments define your leadership. I like that. You know, I had another discussion uh, recently with a client about terminating an A player due to poor performance. Mm -hmm. And not so much performance that were results, but performance to the culture. Yeah. Meaning they they didn't line up with the values of the culture of the organization. And man, this is so tough when you have a a, a big time contributor on the team and they're not a culture fit. Mm-hmm. And why I say defining moments define your leadership is because I truly feel the choices we make in critical moments, they form us and they inform others about who we are as leaders and who what our true nature as a leader is. Mm-hmm. You know, as a leader, you have to be passionate about your cause because this is kind of the guidepost uh, that's going to guide you not only to results, but it's going to guide you to leadership effectiveness. Right. And uh, actually, Lem, you heard me talk about this a little while back about passion in leadership Mm -hmm. and standing for something. Yeah. And when you stand for something and you have passion as a leader, you can not only drive culture, but you can literally transform how people think and pursue success. Mm -hmm. And I recently talked at a meeting that you and I were together in about the Battle of Little Round Top. Yeah. And this was a Civil War battle that was a defining battle in the Civil War. And we, here we had the 20th Maine uh, Regiment that was led by Colonel Joshua Chamberlain. Now, now whether you're a history buff or not, or what or you were for the North, for the South, it's irrelevant. This is a story about leadership. You know, Chamberlain brought 1,000 men down from Maine to support this cause. Mm-hmm. And at the time of the Battle of Little Round Top, he was only left with 314 men. And uh, to make it even a little more challenging, Chamberlain and the 20th Maine had to defend... Uh, the far left flank of the front. Mm-hmm. And to make it even more challenging, they were going to go head to head with the, the the fierce rebels from the state of Alabama. And these guys were no joke. Uh, let's make it even a little more challenging. They were short on ammo. <laughs> um, they were short on resources. And here they are, and Chamberlain steps up on that hill of little uh, round top and tells his men Hey, guys, look, you know, I know things aren't good right now. Mm -hmm. And I know that we're in a position of the left flank. If we give up this left flank, we're going to lose the whole line. We're going to lose this whole line. And if if we allow that to happen, not only are we letting the state of Maine down, but we're letting the union down. Mm-hmm. And not only are we letting the union down, we're letting democracy down in our, our new country. Yeah. But let me take this another step further, he said. We have people 
men, women, and children that are counting on us yeah. to do this right so that they can live a free life yep. like the rest of us. And so Alabama charges, and more lives are lost. Mm -hmm. More ammo is lost. Mm -hmm. They get to a third charge, and all of his men are telling Chamberlain, we have no ammo left. Mm -hmm. And that's when Chamberlain stepped up with all the passion that he could muster up, and he said, we're not giving up this flank, so fix bayonets. Yeah. You know, at some point, as a leader— you have to step up like Chamberlain did that day. Oh, absolutely. You have to confront the challenges, whether it is an A player that's not a culture fit, mm -hmm. um, ethic situations, harassment situations, anything that is causing your culture to bleed out or to be negative, you have to stand up. Because like Chamberlain did that day, there is a bigger cause at stake. Mm -hmm. Now, look, we're not talking about war and business and losing lives and all of that, but understand the analogy. You have to make sure that your people understand exactly what you stand for and exactly why the culture is important. Yeah. Our true character often surfaces in times of hardship. Mm -hmm. That's that that was that day with uh, Colonel Chamberlain, and it's that day, it's like that for leaders today. Yep. Decide ahead of time of who you are. What are your core values? Mm -hmm. What are your guiding principles? Knowing these will help you. When the crisis comes, yeah, because it's coming. Oh yeah, know who you are and make sure that whenever tough situations come, your defining moment defines you as a leader. I like that. Not if, but when it it's comes. coming. Be ready. Be <clears throat> ready. Be ready to be defined in that moment. I like it. What's number three? Number three is uh, excuses become good fuel for complacency. Mm. Man alive, if there's one thing my dad beat into me as a young man, it was uh, not to ever make excuses. Yeah. You know, my dad used to tell me all the time, uh, if you get too good at making excuses, you won't have to be good at anything else. Exactly. Uh, you'll just be a professional excuse maker. The truth. And I had a discussion with a leader recently that uh, I coach, an executive coach, uh, who brought, brought to me the issue that the majority of their team was always showing up late for meetings. Mm -hmm. And I'm in this uh, conversation with this leader who, who is a great leader doing amazing things in his organization. But man, he has this systemic issue of people showing up late mm -hmm. to meetings. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's something that a lot of a lot of leaders will be faced with these type of push the boundary type moments with their teams. And I mentioned to the leader that if it is a trend and it is the majority of the team, then it's safe to say that the leader was being given excuses versus reasons. Yeah. And when a leader addresses a behavior or a performance problem, the team member might offer up some excuses to deflect responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the dog ate my homework. You could go down the list of why they're late and all this and all that. But if it's a majority of your people yeah. and it's happening consistently, yeah. then you got to look at this might be excuses. And it's important for the leader that you can tell the difference between what is a justifiable reason and what's an excuse. Mm -hmm. a, a reason will tend to pinpoint accountability where an excuse deflects responsibility. Exactly. There's a difference in those two things. And the formula for handling an excuse as a leader is first, you as a leader, you have to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Then you have to reframe it or refocus on the problem and the solution. And then ultimately, the third part of that formula is you got to get commitment mm -hmm. that they're going to take the desired action. Now yeah. we know we're all on the same page. Oh, yeah. 
If you as the leader let this go unchecked, it will inevitably erode your culture. Absolutely. And Lem, you and I were in a meeting recently and you made this statement mm -hmm. uh, that there's a difference between an excuse and a reason. And I found it to be very profound yeah. what you said. So what's your take uh, on the difference between excuses and reasons and maybe, you know, share with the leaders listening some of what you said in, in our meeting on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about things that we measure, you know, because you have to have proper metrics and you have to have the tangible things to show you how it is that you are performing and are we getting the job done? How do we recognize a win? And I mentioned that one of the things that I measure is excuses within the culture, right. you know, because you can tell when somebody's it's a it's a very good indicator of where the team's hearts are right because we do what we want to do you know people we we naturally will make happen what we want to make happen in our lives and in those moments when we can't we give the reasons why we could not make it happen so when we want to do something like with the leader whose people are always showing up late you know, when that person who's late every meeting, when they want to be on time, you, there's going to be a difference in the way they explain to you why they can't be. They're going to tell you, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm always late. It kills me. I have a crazy drive. I'm working on it, you know, or is there anything I can do to maybe not disrupt the flow of the meeting when I get here? Or maybe you just don't want me there. Like this is I really want this. Yeah. You know, it's not just, oh, well, you know. My cat needed a CAT scan or, oh, there was traffic or right. I just got out the house later. I had a really reasons why we didn't get it done have to explain. They have to illustrate the heart behind wanting to. Though. Yeah, <laughs> because if we're only saying why we can't do it, all that says to me is, well, then you don't want to. That's what stood out to me so much about what you said in that meeting is is that uh, for you and your team, mm -hmm. you measure excuses. Yeah. You know, and so many times as leader, we measure the good mm -hmm. um, or the goal. Right. And oftentimes we miss yep. this piece of we're going to measure excuses. And I think that was such a profound thing that I oh, heard yeah. you say, because it really tells you the heart of your team. Mm -hmm. You know, do you have people making excuses of why they were late or does it really bother them right. that they were really late? Exactly. And you know the difference between the two. Yeah. And if it's a systemic issue mm -hmm. and you're measuring excuses, exactly. then you know, as a leader, I may need to look in the mirror because this might be my problem. Yeah. Yeah. This may be, I'm telling you, it's. I, when I learned it, I learned it as a mechanic in the field, and it changed my life. Because when I hated my job, I used to call off all the time. When I worked in call centers, I would Funny call off. Funny how that off. works. I would call off, and I would say, hey, this is the reason why I can't be here, or here's my excuse. Please excuse my absence. But when I, was, when I started to love my trade, on days where I couldn't make it, it didn't matter if my daughter was in the hospital, my wife was having a baby, I had 110 fever, didn't matter. What I did, I would call in and I would literally say, no lem today. I'm not going to give you an excuse. Just no lem. That's yeah. the heart of it. No lem today. I'm not going to be there. Yeah. If you want to know why, I can tell you why. But I, I refuse to tell you why I can't do it. Right. I just want you to know I want to be there. Sorry, guys. I won't be there. Yeah. That's the person who's not going to try and convince you that they wanted to. Exactly. No, no I'm sorry. I'm late. That's Sorry, a mindset. It's it. a mindset. It's yeah. a heart. And it's something that as leaders, we absolutely yeah. uh, should be measuring. No absolutely. Question. Let's jump to number four. Number four. Never apologize for excellence. That's hard to do. Man, 
<laughs> it, it really is. And, um, you know, gosh, you could do a whole podcast episode on this because oh, this, yeah. this gets back to culture. It gets back to mindset, but never apologizing for excellence. You know, this, this, um, this client situation that I had, it actually, uh, propelled me to even do a, a social media post on this subject. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is this, the standard is the standard. Standard is the standard. And, uh, you know, I'm working with a client that has taken over a new team and they define early that their standard may seem overbearing for the team that they inherited. Mm -hmm. You know, that they're a little too much for that team. Right. And I cautioned them not to lower the standard, but to paint the vision of the benefits to everyone when the standard of excellence is accomplished. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so, so important that we challenge our team. And, and folks, look, this is coming from firsthand experience. I've been in the foxhole. I've taken over many, many new teams in my in my career. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you this, uh, there were times going into these cultures that I think people saw me as radical. Mm -hmm. I think people saw me as uh, overbearing. I think people saw me as unrealistic. Yeah, uh, They couldn't even see uh, that that what I was doing made sense mm -hmm. or, or my expectations made sense because mm -hmm. they hadn't been there before. Right. And so they just saw me as this renegade that was just like, you know, kind of ruthless mm -hmm. in expectations and vision. Yeah. And what I can tell you is this, yes, you need to set high standards, mm -hmm. but you also have to paint the vision of what, what's in it for everybody on the team right. when we get there and why the hard work is going to be worth it. Oh, yeah. Because if not, you're going to be painted as that renegade, and you're going to have everybody on that new team rise up against you. Mm -hmm. Define who you have is the first step. Not everyone's going to be on the journey with you, and that's okay. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, you know we recently interviewed Michael Watkins, and we talked about the first 90 days. Mm -hmm. That's what you have to do. Go, go back and listen to that show, but I can tell you this. Um, in your first 90 days, you need to rehire your people. You need to know who yeah. you have. Oh, yeah. And not everybody's going to be on the journey with you, and that's okay. It's absolutely okay. Mm -hmm. There will be some that you will coach up, mm -hmm. coach up, and there will be some that you coach out. Yeah. The ones that you coach up, I promise you, they will be forever grateful for your influence. These are the people that are going to be with you. They're going to ride the storm. They don't even see the end result, but mm -hmm. they trust you enough as a leader based off of your reputation, your brand, your resume, whatever mm -hmm. it might be, that they're going to go along for the ride. Yeah. But when you make those deposits in those people and they begin to flourish mm -hmm. and the team begins to flourish and their earning potential goes up and their personal goals are being accomplished mm -hmm. and all of this stuff happens... That's when something dynamic truly takes place. Right. And there's a difference, a significant difference between establishing an environment where excellence is expected and one where excellence is demanded. Yeah. I want to say that again, because this is such a critical point. There's a difference in an environment that you're creating as a leader where excellence is expected mm -hmm. and one where excellence is demanded. There's not a leader listening right now that would ever say, Excellence should not be an expectation. However, I want to caution some of you because some of you are demanding excellence um, and you're going in with the stick mm -hmm. and telling everybody what excellence is. Right. And if that means if people got to bleed, then they got to bleed. <laughs> There's a better way. You know, in the first case, which is excellence is expected, not only does the culture of the organization establish the expectations for excellence, but the actions of your entire team mm -hmm. will essentially put, quote unquote, pressure on everyone to perform up to the standards 
of the excellence that's expected. Right. That's when you know you have a culture yeah. of excellence. Oh, yeah. Because people come into that culture. You know, actually, right before we started recording, we were talking about Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. And we were talking yeah. about the Bulls dynasty. Yeah. There's no way that in that run of mm -hmm. six titles that somebody would come onto that Bulls team and not think that they had to put up. Exactly. Not think that they had to, to oh, yeah. sprint in practice. No, no not way. think that they had to, you know, go the extra mile right. to win games. Yeah. To play defense, mm -hmm. not just offense. I right. don't care if you're a prolific scorer or not. You're playing defense oh, yeah. on this Bulls team. Yep. Why? Because there was a culture. Now, Coach Phil did a great job. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you this. He built such a culture on that team, he could have probably walked away and nothing would have changed. Exactly. Because the culture was so strong. That's a good That's point. a culture of expectation. Yeah. In the yeah. second case, where excellence is demanded, that quote-unquote pressure from you is the only dynamic at play. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's you swinging the stick. And you know how most people react to direct pressure. They push back. Right. Nobody wants to be bullied. No. Nobody wants to be pushed around. Yep. You, you're you're going to get pushback from people. Make no mistake. Mm -hmm. And even if they're not doing it to your face, they're setting landmines oh, yeah, all around you, Absolutely. just waiting for you to step on one of them. Absolutely. Pushback usually comes in the form of either passive-aggressive behavior or by working just hard enough to keep from getting fired. Right. Either case, it's not a great not situation. And there's practical things that I think every leader can do to create a culture of excellence. Mm -hmm. The most important is recruit for it. Yeah. Hire the who, train the what. Mm -hmm. The second thing is set the expectation for excellence early and often. This doesn't mean have your one meeting and think everybody gets it. Right. Yes, have an expectations meeting. And I have a presentation, complimentary, uh, on setting expectations Email me, Jeff Hancher at the Champion Forum.com, and we'll get that in your hands. But look, yes, have the meeting, set the expectations. But then, as a leader, you have to communicate this ad nauseum mm -hmm. what the expectations are. The third thing that you can do to create this culture is cast vision for what excellence looks like every day. Mm -hmm. There should be benchmarks. There should be a visionary around what excellence looks like, whether that's achieving KPIs, goals, customer satisfaction, whatever it might be. And I would tell you another thing that you have to do is hold your people accountable to it. Yeah. You can't tell your child yeah. no cookies before dinner and then that you see them eating one and nothing happens. Exactly. Tomorrow it's going to be a half dozen cookies yeah. and then a dozen cookies. Yeah. Why? Because what you said doesn't matter. Exactly. Nice rule, boss. Nothing ever happens. <laughs> They'll see you as a passive pushover true. at best. Yeah. And the other thing is model it out. Model excellence in your own life every day as a leader, because I can promise you this. People see much better than they hear. This is true. You can't just bark what excellence is and not live it. Show people, model it out as a leader as yeah. to what this is. Yeah. I love what Colin Powell once said. He said, if you're going to achieve excellence in big things, you develop the habit in little manners. I like it. And I absolutely to be, find, have found that to be absolutely true. So that would, be, uh, that would be all four of them. Number four, we wrapped it up with never apologize for excellence. So yeah. that's my four how-tos for today. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for those how-tos. 
I know that you have been encouraged, that you've been built up in your leadership journey by being a part of this podcast today. So once again, thank you for joining us. And listen, be sure that you are following Jeff on LinkedIn under Jeff Hancher and all other social media platforms under the Champion Forum. You will find their daily nuggets of leadership gold to help you lead, inspire, and win. So once again, thank you for joining us. We love you all here at the Champion Forum family. And until the next episode, remember that you have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead, inspire, win. 